What's going on, guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's been a while, but it's the Super Bowl. You know, we got to talk about it. Uh, you know, we got to get some action on this game. So I'll go over how I'm seeing things, and then I'll give some content updates at the end of the video for those of you who care. So first thing is the potential for some free money. Underdog is airdropping a million dollars in $100 batches before and during the Super Bowl. You do not need to make a deposit to be eligible. You do not need to enter into anything or opt in. All you have to do is have an account and then see if you're one of the lucky people who gets airdropped $100. Also, this is not only for new users. Everyone is eligible even if you've already had an account for years. And again, there is nothing you need to do. You do not need to make a deposit. You do not need to enter into any contest. You don't need to opt into anything, nothing. Just have an account and then um, I was told they'll send out push notifications when winners are released, but you can also just check your account during the game, see if you get airdropped $100. Now, when you're signing up, make sure you use promo code FFA. You're not going to get anything special unless you deposit at least $10, but using my promo code will at least unlock that potential if you choose to do so later on. We're gonna have the same promos last year, so your deposit will be doubled up to $100. You're gonna get all my underdog content for free for the entire season. So again, for this promo, for the potentially airdrop $100, you do not need to deposit to be eligible, but still use the promo code because it at least gives you the potential for free content later on. If you don't use my promo code, I don't know you signed up, you won't get any of my underdog content for free. So now they're all eligible for the $100 airdrop. How am I seeing this game play out? My model right now thinks the line is correct. Let's be honest. It's the Super Bowl. The amount of people that are placing wagers on this game, like lines are gonna be pretty accurate, but especially like, you know, money line spread, things like that. Can't do that on underdog. This will be an underdog specific video, but I wanted to point it out just because even if you're not like betting on this game, you need to understand that the lines are pretty accurate. And so that just tells us game script, right? It tells us that the most likely game script here, according to my model, according to everyone who is betting on this game, is that it's probably gonna be pretty close and that at the very least, neither side is likely gonna jump out to a really big lead. We could easily see a team get up to like 10 or 14 points, but I'm talking like, you know, a 17, 20 point lead uh, where it's forcing one side to do something that maybe they don't wanna do, maybe go extremely pass heavy, uh, making the other side go extremely run heavy. Like that's unlikely. What's probably gonna influence game script here the most is what's working on each side of the ball. Like they're not gonna, um, both these teams are very intelligent. If something's not working, they're gonna switch things up, but that's gonna influence game script a lot more than I think at least uh, the spread of the game. So Kansas City, one of the best defenses in the NFL this season. Um, pretty wild how well they've been able to limit opponent production, especially considering you've got Mahomes on the other side. Teams are just, you know, they know you have Mahomes, they know they have to put up points, and so they're going to play a little bit more aggressive, uh, maybe go for and fourth downs a little bit more often, just know that you're probably not going to score 10, and so they're going to need to score into the 20s to win the game. The Chiefs allowed 24 points to the Broncos in week 8, 27 to the Packers in week 13, 24 to Buffalo two weeks ago. Those are the only three games where their opponent has scored more than 21 points which again is very very impressive 
they've been especially good at stopping opponent wide receiver production, which I think plays a big part into why they've been so successful. Not only, um, not only is just rushing less efficient, right? And so if you're able to stop the pass, you're forcing teams into something that is less efficient. And so they're probably going to score fewer points. Um, and also, like, just while their offense is worse than in recent years, right? This is not the best version of the Kansas City offense we've seen. When they've been able to pull up to a lead, which they are able to do so in a lot of games, teams have a very difficult time coming back, especially since, you know, you aim to get chunk plays, to, to gain a lot of yards, to make these comeback efforts with wide receivers. That's just the easiest way to come back in the NFL. And if they're the best team, if like inarguably top three, but probably the best team in the NFL at limiting wide receiver production, it makes it difficult for teams to come back against you. So personally, if I had to guess one game script that does play out it's that you know both teams are able to move the ball relatively well to start out um, teams always talk about the first like 10 or 15 plays being scripted just knowing that this is these are the best plays i mean teams save plays for the playoffs specifically the super bowl both teams are probably going to come out with some incredible plays on offense and probably going to look pretty good in the first like 10 or 15 plays each. Um, maybe they're able to generate a few big plays. Maybe we get touchdown drives on like one of the first two drives of the game for each team. Um, and so maybe we see that production start off. Um, my guess is that Kansas City is able to gain maybe a little bit of a lead early on and that San Fran struggles a little bit to generate big plays with their wide receivers. The best area for them to do that will be probably screen passes to Debo Samuel, but they're probably not going to be able to push the ball downfield, probably not be able to like get consistently open with their wide receivers. And so maybe that makes it a little bit more difficult for them to come back if they do fall behind. That's at least kind of what I am thinking right now. In this scenario, Pacheco looks fantastic, and San Fran would need to lean on McCaffrey and Kittle a little bit more than usual. Other thing I want to note, it doesn't really matter who wins the game at the end of it in this sort of script. As long as it's in general pretty close and it's, uh, Kansas City is doing a good enough job limiting wide receiver production, we're going to see the ball flow through Pacheco a lot for Kansas City and through McCaffrey and Kittle a lot on the San Fran side. Um, technically, Kansas City is a negative matchup for Ted efficiency, but realistically, it's not that negative. Uh, they also have um, a low and elevated rate of tight end targets because, again, they're good at limiting wide receiver volume. You have to throw to someone, and so teams choose to throw to tight ends, choose to throw to running backs a little bit more against Kansas City. So if Kittle is seeing more targets than usual and McCaffrey, you know, always sees a punch but sees a slight increase it just makes sense too that like these are two of their best players they're probably going to focus on these two especially if they fall behind need to come back need to throw it now one big thing depends on um how kansas city really wants to play it we could have said the same thing against baltimore last week right all the same things were true they're great at limiting um kansas city great at limiting wide receiver production a little bit weaker against the ground game. Baltimore, great running attack. They're going to run a ton. So the same, you can have the same thought exercise. And be like, okay, that's how it's going to operate. But then last week, Kansas City sold out to stop them on the ground. Gus had three carries. Justice Hill only had three carries. Like, you know, if you have six carries to your running backs and you're also in a matchup and, you know, 
I mean, no, Hill wasn't efficient at all. Gus ripped off like one long play, but, you know, they weren't exactly being hyper efficient on the ground or else they would have stuck with a little bit more. Um, Kansas City just sold out, stopped it, knew they could still limit wide receiver production. And that's why Baltimore had a terrible game. Also, you know, Lamar looked really, really bad. Um, but it, it worked, right? It worked last week. They were daring Lamar to beat them through the air. And it worked, right? I mean, aside from the one deep play and a little bit of a blown coverage, 54 yards to Zay Flowers, it took 36 pass attempts from Lamar to throw for 218 yards. So that's the question in my eyes, right? Does Kansas City sell out to stop the run, forcing San Fran to beat them through the air? And maybe in that game script, Kittle just goes nuclear. Or... Do they force San Fran to beat them with McCaffrey and say, listen, you know, we don't want to sell out to stop McCaffrey because we know that obviously San Fran is much better in the passing department than Baltimore. And while this worked against Baltimore, we don't think that same thing will work against San Fran. And so let's take a little bit of that pressure off of our secondary, not just stack uh, the box every single play against McCaffrey allow them to still run the ball. McCaffrey will still be efficient, but maybe it just takes hyper-efficiency because, again, running is less efficient than passing. Um, I don't have the answer, obviously, to what they're going to do. This is something that San Fran probably doesn't have the answer to. Like They want to figure out, and they're going to figure out early in the game. They probably have multiple game scripts, multiple plays are going to run, depending on how Kansas City wants to play this. If you want my take, um, my guess is that, you know, they respect San Fran's passing attack a little bit too much to completely sell out to try and stop McCaffrey because the risk there is if you do that and they do call great plays to their amazing players in the passing department and they are efficient through the air, that's obviously much more dangerous than opening up to stop that, letting McCaffrey get, you know, four and a half, five yards of carry. And then maybe slowly bringing defenders a little bit more in if he's ripping you apart. But if you just go in stopping the run, you're susceptible some, to some really big plays. And maybe that's how San Fran get out to their league. You don't want to be trailing San Fran. So in my opinion, they're not going to sell out. But hey, you got a different take. Go with that one. Uh, so given all of that, right, here's what I like. On the San Fran side, I think McCaffrey higher than 33 and a half receiving yards. And then George Kittle higher than 47 and a half receiving yards. Um, there is some risk. I don't think it's a lot of risk, but a little bit of risk that San Fran is very successful early in the game. They get up early. They lean on McCaffrey for like literally like 30 carries. They don't throw it and that these two don't hit. I kind of doubt that that happens. And if it does, it's entirely possible that a big play to McCaffrey or Kittle is why they got up. And so maybe they already hit before that happens. But again, I don't think that's a super likely outcome that San Fran gets up big for like the entire second half. You know Mahomes on the other side. You got to keep going with your game plan. Um, I also like Brandon Ayuk lower than 61 and a half receiving yards, um, basically for the exact same reasons we have gone over. Um, I think Debo has a little bit of a better chance of avoiding the difficult matchup on screens, on rush attempts. Like there are ways they can get the ball in Depot's hands that kind of get away from the strength of the Kansas City defense. Ayuk, that's not as much the case for. He's not getting the screen pass as much. He's not getting end arounds. And so he needs to just win on the outside and over the middle of the field. That's really tough to do against Kansas City, lower on his 61 and a half receiving yards. On the Chiefs side, 
Ali Pacheco, as we discussed, uh, San Fran is a pretty neutral matchup for running back efficiency, but it is definitely worth noting they've struggled in the playoffs. Uh, Detroit running backs had 27 carries for 135 yards against them, with Jameson Williams also having a 42-yard rushing touchdown. Uh, Aaron Jones in that first matchup, uh, 108 yards on 18 carries. And so we've seen running backs have a lot of production against them in the playoffs. Uh, Pacheco has outcarried Clyde 24 to 7, 15 to 2, and then 24 to 1 last week in their three playoff games. So, you know, I mean, I don't see a world where Clyde has a large workload unless he goes out there and he's ripping off like 12 yards of carry on his first three, and maybe they end up giving him five or six. Like, it's going to be the Pacheco show unless Pacheco gets hurt. He's going to have a significant workload. Uh, and since he kind of fits our overall kind of narrative of this game that it plays close and they don't need to lean pass heavy um, i'm gonna add pacheco uh higher than 69 and a half rushing yards um, another one that really stands out to me uh, and is actually my number one confidence pick as of right now is patrick mahomes lower than two and a half sacks taken so far this playoff so through three games he's only been sacked twice and there's only been four games all season where he's been sacked three or more times so he's 15 and four on the lower on this projection on the season and so you know unless they have really elevated pass attempts I like the lower and that correlates right it correlates really well with Pacheco with the receiving options on San Fran if Kansas City can get up they're running it more with Pacheco you can't exactly get sacked if you're Mahomes if you're running it with Pacheco and then that'll force Kittle it'll force McCaffrey to be more involved in the receiving game so again I love that one again lower than two and a half sacks taken for Patrick Mahomes my favorite one of the week I would guess they drop it to two that makes a lot more sense but who knows um, maybe they keep it at two and a half uh, other picks I like but that I don't have as strong of takes on are Rasheed Rice higher than 66 and a half receiving yards Mahomes higher than 25 and a half rushing yards and then Debo Samuel higher than 15 and a half receiving yards these are the best players. We know that Mahomes um, doesn't run it a lot, but he's very, very good at scrambling, very efficient when he needs to do so. Um, you know, it's not like San Fran has this terrible defense, but I would say the Kansas City wide receivers are susceptible to being bad at times. And so there's definitely going to be times where no one's open, takes off and scrambles in a big game, uh, not going to be going out of bounds. Like he's going to be trying to get every single yard. And so I think that one makes sense. Uh, the Debo one, just because, you know, they got to get the ball into his hands, right? And if it's a difficult matchup for him in the receiving game, they're going to try and get him the ball on the ground. Uh, and then Rasheed Rice, I just think it's a little bit too low of a line. Um, really, really good player, developed strongly in the second half of the season. Uh, and even if they get up, like they're going to have to move the ball to someone and he trusts Rashid Rice more than a lot of the other wide receivers on this team. Uh, so we're also a decent amount of time away from the Super Bowl. Um, I'm sure I'm going to keep looking at these things. I'm going to add more that I like. You can see all of these picks and then any others that I add for free on my website. So if you're pulling this up on like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you want to see other ones I've added. Again, free, thefinancefootballadvice.com. It's under the underdog tab. I actually just posted my 2024 detailed projections and rankings yesterday too. So if you feel like checking those out, you're curious how fantasy football is looking for the 2024 season right now. It's way too early to look, but it's kind of fun to look. Uh, that's free on the site as well. And actually everything is free. So everything is free through the Super Bowl. If there's something you feel like looking at on the site, uh, you can do that right now. After the Super Bowl, 
all goes back behind the paywall. So if you were planning to sign up this season, now is the time to do so. 33% off through the Super Bowl. That is going to end after the Super Bowl. It's going to end on Monday. There will be no other discounts all season long besides, of course, uh, the underdog one that we have when you sign up from Code FFA. Buzz at least 10 bucks. You get all the underdog content for free. So if you want to save 33% off the entire site for the season, sign up right now. Promo code FFA again, thefinishfootballadvice.com. Outlook. For those of you who care about this one, Outlook over the next few months looks kind of like this in general, right? It's kind of like a rough outlook. Uh, regular videos do not start up until May. Typically, I post some in April. Uh, they're going to be typically more like dynasty videos, kind of early looks at the rookies, things like that. Um, definitely not every day in April. Won't be seven days a week in May, but it'll be a lot more consistent in May. Uh, between now and then, I'll be working on more Dynasty content. That's one thing you guys have reached out about. You want to see more Dynasty content, I will put more Dynasty content on the site. I already have, actually. Um, again, free. You can check it out. Uh, there's something on the site right now that shows you basically the best players to trade for, trade away uh, in Dynasty right there. Um, I have a few projects for redraft leagues I'm doing as well. Both the Dynasty and the Redraft rankings will continue to be updated. So if you're doing a Dynasty draft, if you're doing a very early Redraft draft, maybe like an underdog draft, all those rankings are up to date. Um, I'm also really excited about the potential for one project that I have not told anyone about right now. I do have to keep that under wraps, but it's going to be really cool. I'm sure you guys are going to really, really like it if I'm able to implement it. Um, no one in the industry has done this before. I don't think anyone's going to do it this season either, um, but going to be really, really cool. So I'm very excited about that one. So uh, obviously that's going to be paywalled on the site as well. So again, 33% off. I am not going to extend it. It ends after the Super Bowl. Promo code FFA when you're signing up, thefinishfootballadvice.com. So that'll do it for this one. Hope you all did enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button? Hop, subscribe to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.